1: Welcome back to White Ladies in Crisis. It's a film podcast dedicated to women losing their marbles. And we are talking about physical season two. We are up to episode four. Don't you know? I'm Joe Lipsett, and I'm joined as always by Gina Radcliffe. Hello. As well as Jen Adams. Hello. Okay, so ladies, this episode takes place two weeks after the events of episode three when Sheila went home for the funeral for her father. And last week Mm -hmm. we were like, okay, we're going to get into it with mom this coming episode. Lo and behold, episode finds her back in San Diego. She's recuperating from her surgery and it's just Danny being like protective house mother.
0: Yep, no mom in sight. Yeah, it's it's very strange that she just kind of disappeared no one said anything uh mm-hmm. you know, Sh- sheila does not seem to be changed in any you know remarkable way from having this sort of weirdly bonding experience but that might have a little edge of toxicity to it with her mother it's mm-hmm. just you know it's like all right we're moving on to the next plot <laughs> you know mm-hmm. like...
2: yeah this show yes. just loves to fuck with us you know
1: It really does. This is giving me some some, you know, mild traumatic PTSD flashbacks to our discussions in the back half of season one, where we really felt like the show would sometimes just jump over important things or take weird narrative detours. And I don't think that this episode is a mistake, because I actually quite like a lot of the things that happen in here. And I think we are moving in a direction. But yeah, we said uh, before we started recording that this just feels like a bit of an odd one, doesn't it?
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. It does. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But I feel like, I may have said this last season, but I feel like this is the episode where I really just fell in love with the show. Like, I loved this episode so much about it. It was so good. Mm. And I actually cried a little bit at the beginning. Aww. I know. I'm a sucker. (laughs)
1: There is good stuff aplenty here But I mm. I want to begin with something That we haven't really seen much of on Physical which is a dream sequence Which is what yes. this episode opens with
2: Yes and I loved it Because I would have bought that this was They have skipped over Their whole partnership and now They are a team working together And this is real uh-huh. and it wasn't until He said um, yes you Are a monster but you don't have to be That I was like mm, maybe this
1: isn't real mm. you know? <laughs>
0: I I do like, I do like the, the, ah, how did you get in (laughs) here? Right, right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it it felt like one of those, like, local stage productions that you see where everyone's acting to the back of the auditorium. So the reactions Mm -hmm. are hyper accentuated. And I just thought, what fun Marie Bartlett and Rose Byrne are having in this opening sequence until it gets dark, right?
2: Mm Mm-hmm, Totally. Yeah, and just him talking to his dog was just the funniest thing. It's like, oh, I love him.
1: With the terrible green screen.
2: (laughs) Right, right. And she doesn't even know I'm coming. It was amazing. I loved it. (laughs) But yeah, it does take a dark turn, though. I was curious about this. (laughs)
1: So I'm interested by this, because mm-hmm. we have talked a great amount about how eating disorders weren't really a thing that people either talked about or even knew the names of. And this is obviously Sheila's dream slash nightmare, but she actually does, sort of. It's more Vinny mm-hmm. reading between the lines to say the words binging and purging, but like we finally get the sense that Sheila is acknowledging what she's been doing.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, yeah, that's true, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's like, this is a bookend of the episode, too, because... She does (laughs) this in the beginning of the episode and then it ends. I mean, except for the scene, the kind of musical montage where she comes home with her actually kind of revealing this to another person. So it's almost like a practice at the beginning, you know, although I don't think any of it was intentional, but it's like maybe her subconscious mind is like warming her up to the fact that if she lets more people in her life, this is going to come out. You know
0: right and it's sort of like uh you know a- acknowledging that you have an addiction the whole yeah. you know yeah. admitting you have a problem is the first step
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's just fascinating to me that it's him of all people but i wonder if it's because she sees a similar journey for herself in what vinnie has managed to accomplish and obviously as we know from her waking moments in the episode she is very preoccupied about the fact that she thinks her empire is falling away from her while well, she has to recuperate.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I think also, like, we don't really see enough of what his actual show looks like to know. But he mm-hmm. is talking to a woman about having a problem with food. So... yeah. It could be that she's saying, okay, well, this is somebody who is receptive to this kind of information. Maybe not the whole truth, right. but maybe this is, it, this person who is on the actual show maybe is even modeling how she look and do this, you know?
0: Well, I did mm-hmm. mention last week that, and I, and I feel that this dug in even further into this because he has like these, this sort of like program involving cards that, mm-hmm. that, that right. Vinny is basically Richard Simmons. Yes. And, yes. And, and Richard Simmons really established himself as being not just like an, you know, an exercise instructor, but also kind of a therapist for his, uh,
3: mm-hmm.
0: you know, for his for his clients. And, you know, he would mention a lot how he used to be overweight and, and that he, you know, decided that, you know, after he took up a fitness routine that he would start helping other people. And he takes more of a, you know, as Vinny does, although Vinny kind of comes off a little more phony. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, we haven't had, we haven't, we've had very limited exposure to this character. We've only seen him on TV and he's had a very brief interaction Mm -hmm. uh, with Mm -hmm. Sheila. When
1: he's performing.
0: Right. But Mm -hmm. I I feel like Sheila, you know, I don't know if she really wants to help people so much as, you know, she wants to be a teacher and, and make a lot of money off of being, you know, very you know, thin and fit. I, yeah. I don't know if, if yeah. you're know, actually helping people on their quote unquote weight loss journey yeah.
1: would, you know, mm-hmm. that's
0: I don't know if that's entirely what she wants to do, but you know, after seeing what Vinny does, it that, that is something she might ultimately end up embracing, whether she means it sincerely or not.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I, it's almost like she it's wants to so praise, you know. Like I was struck by when she says, "No, I have customers. I don't have followers," you know. Now that that was mm-hmm. a really savvy, like, recognition of the difference between what she
0: has and what Vinnie has, you know. But I think she's eventually going to want what Vinny has. Oh, I think so. Cause, yeah, because oh, sure. she's yeah. not. She's not really. She's not really going anywhere. No. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's stuck. Yeah. Right, she's still doing like the state fair circuit and, and right. you know setting up a table in the middle of, like a, a department store and, mm-hmm. and she's just kind of you know you know,
1: she's treading water.
0: Right, a straight mm-hmm. line. She's not going anywhere. And, yeah. and the people that are supposed to be sort of lifting her up and promoting her just keep sort of condescending to her. Uh-huh.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, she's
0: clearly not a priority to them.
1: Well, yeah, so we do get this moment where Kevin, who is the son of this furniture salesman who is kind of backing Sheila and also is some kind of like a video magnate, he sends his son, who we have previously met in the State Fair episode in episode two, and she very quickly deduces that he is like basically a spy to determine whether Sheila is still worth taking a risk on or whether she's a solid investment because every day that she isn't out there doing anything, I guess the perception is that her star is dimming. She's uh, not a valuable asset to them anymore.
2: Yeah. Right. And I didn't even think about this being like an OSHA claim, you know, that this is
0: essentially a job-related injury that she could charge them for too. Mm. is it related to exercising or is it related to binging and purging? Mm. We
1: don't know, yeah. right?
0: I mean, I don't know that you can damage your ovaries doing that, but but you know, it's, it's possible that, you know, that if that comes out, that they could point to that and say, well, that's actually the reason right. for it. Yeah, You're yeah. Right. Well, it's probably a combination yeah. of it,
2: you know. But yeah, they absolutely would point to that and say, no, 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 it's not us. It's this this other, like, woman thing that, you know.
0: Right, I mean, all they would have to do is you know well, well, they wouldn't get a hold of her medical charts, but but uh, yeah, they might. I don't
2: know.
1: <laughs> Danny might give it to them.
0: Yeah. Well, that's true. The doctor, you know, the doctor said that she was malnourished and anemic, yeah. and mm-hmm. that's not something that that necessarily happens from doing aerobics. Right. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Yeah. Uh, I will say, give Roseburn a fucking Emmy just for the line delivery of a whole room of men talking about your pussy.
0: Uh huh. <laughs> Oh gosh! Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know if they if they're going to go into this, but I don't know how she managed to you know considering what she's gone through having a man have to give her a pelvic exam. Mm-hmm. Now, to, to to be fair, that's probably not the first time because I think back in the seventies right. when Maya would have been born, the the vast majority of Gynecologists and obstetricians would have been men. Yeah, but Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. I I don't want to speak for sexual trauma survivors, but it's my understanding that you know the whole examination can be pretty upsetting, even if the doctor is gentle or you know very you know uh, solicitous of you. Just you know that the what is involved in that can be very upsetting.
2: Yeah. So you know, (laughs) she's
0: just kind of going. She's just kind of going through indignity after indignity, Uh and as she clearly hates being flustered over and, and everybody having to wait on her because that's what she's done the whole time. She's waited on other people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: Every once in a while, the show will just have one of those moments where you just realize, even though it feels like we still have a million years to go for like just the way People are treated women especially. It's like it was pretty bad back then. Like they just have all these conversations about you. You know, it's totally acceptable thing for them to talk about your ovaries as part of your job. You know. Yeah, yeah, I mean, when the
0: doctor, the doctor basically, you know, said to Danny, it's like, yeah, she'll be all right to have another baby. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh like... my god, the look on her face too
2: when <laughs> was like, Ooh. no, 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 I'm not getting pregnant again.
0: And, and like bet. you just see like a light go off behind Danny's eyes. It's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how we can save our marriage, having oh another baby. Yeah, didn't you? No. Yeah, oh
1: yeah I gosh. can't believe that we actually managed to call this as a potential thing this week, but I was so happy to hear her just kind of immediately shut that shit down.
0: Mm-hmm. I I, I I thought I, I never thought I would say this, but I feel like Jerry needs to come back for like one episode. No. And just, ex- <laughs> and just, ex- and just explain to Danny why that would be a terrible idea.
2: Uh-huh.
3: Right. Ooh. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh gosh, I mean, <laughs> she, that's how I feel when I think about having another baby. I'm like, no, 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 fuck no.
1: You stay away from me.
2: <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, no, no, no.
1: <laughs> okay, well, we've opened the door. So let's talk a little bit about Danny in this episode, because he is doing that typical Danny thing where he thinks that he is being extremely helpful and supportive by not letting Sheila get off the bed or do anything what do we think about the way that he reacts throughout this episode?
0: I, I think he's trying. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know the whole you know now you know now he wants to have another baby. I think that that is well intentioned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people think that having another baby is the answer to <laughs> trying to save a, a struggling relationship. Yep, you know, I've been there. <laughs> either, either have either have a baby or buy a house. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, something right. something that will you know hold us together. It never works. Yeah. Pro tip: it's It also does not we work. what did during the pandemic. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, I, I think he. I don't think he is. You know, looking at it as well. Yeah. You know, I'm just gonna. You know, chain her down with another kid. She won't do the stupid aerobics anymore. I, I think mm-hmm. that he has some intent to save their marriage, mm-hmm. even if she oh, is yeah. pretty much. Even she is pretty much just checked out entirely. Yeah. But you know, I think he's being a little naive, obviously. Mm-hmm. But you know, he's he's you know, bless. He's trying here. I think he is,
2: and I think he just doesn't know what to do. And I think he's trying, like his cheesy lines, like he's falling back into this, I think, performative kind of role where he's looking for something that's going to make him feel like he's succeeding at something, you know? Mm -hmm. Because I do think he means well. I think he loves Sheila. I think he doesn't totally understand what the problem is, so he doesn't know what to do to fix it. And he's trying to fix it in ways that are just hurting. But I think that's partly on Sheila because
0: she doesn't know what she needs either. You know? hmm She seems very averse to talking to him about right. this. Right, yeah. Even, yes. even though that probably would do more to save their marriage than having another baby. Right.
2: Well, in his yeah. mind, I could see a connection between the exercising and this mm-hmm. injury and her unhappiness. And he didn't yes. know, he was just oblivious to all of this before, which is his fault. I'm not excusing that. But I feel like in his mind, it's like, okay, well, it's the exercise that's the problem. So that's what Mm -hmm. I need to gently steer her away from, you know?
1: Yeah. And I think that's why we get arguably the most emotionally powder keg moment of the episode where Mm -hmm. he sees the weights on the bed and they honestly go at it like it's brief but what they say is harsh and yeah. uh gina I'm, I'm gonna turn to you because you've often been very critical of sheila's relationship with her daughter maya but how did you react when she yelled at maya
0: i mean i feel like it, it maya's like what five at this point i know they yeah. did i know they did a little bit of a time jump not very far but a little bit i mean y- we all we all yell at our kids, you know, mm-hmm. like especially when they do, like especially when they do something like, and not and not even in a in a intentional way, but when they destroy something that belongs to us,
3: mm-hmm. right?
0: You know, and, and I mean, it's you know. It it is and it isn't a big problem. She had a pretty detailed business plan written on that thing. Mm-hmm. Now should she should she have left it out for you know for Maya to possibly get it? No, but we all do that shit. You right. know, I mean, right. she, she you know she's not exactly she's probably on painkillers and yeah. and you know not thinking all that clearly. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and obviously, obviously, you know Maya did this without malice because she's five. Right. Right. But, uh, you know, I mean, we all snap at our kids. my, my issue with with Sheila and and Maya is that Sheila, the season particularly seems kind of all right with just you know foisting Maya on Danny, mm-hmm. which yes. which means that she can't think Danny is as bad as she seems to think he is, yeah,
1: I think she thinks that he's a bad husband, but I I think she's content to leave Maya with him because she's like, yeah, he's going to be fine. Like, as long as he doesn't leave Maya somewhere, it'll be all right.
0: He's he's an adequate father. Yeah. Right. I think
2: that she is in just so much emotional pain that she's just like any relief and not having my kid around is relief. You know, like sometimes I think about like dealing with this kind of addiction, like having a crick in your neck and just like every move hurts, you know? And so anything to just relieve a little bit of pressure. So I think sometimes when she sends her, when she sends my to Danny, I don't think she's even thinking about that. I think she's just thinking this is one less thing that I don't have to feel bad about right now, you know?
1: Right.
0: I think also it's pretty obvious that this show is setting up that she's repeating the patterns of her parents because you know her parents you know after a certain point were neglectful to the point that they did not do anything about her reporting that she had been molested they Mm -hmm. just like Mm -hmm. swept it under the rug and the start of you know when you kind of put your kid on someone else is you know eventually that leads to just kind of ignoring their needs
3: mm-hmm. and
0: and you know if they come to you with a problem saying you know I can't deal with this right now just you know you know leave it alone we'll address this later and then you never do yeah right mm-hmm. particularly the last couple episodes you're seeing that she is just kind of you know unintentionally i'm sure in in embracing because that's how these things work Mm -hmm. you know if you if you have a dysfunctional relationship with your parents sometimes you do end up picking up some of their habits especially with with Mm -hmm. your own children and then at some point you are like okay I, I'm not going to do this again with this, right. you know, this little person that you <laughs> right. know. I, I have a chance to you know kind of you know erase all that with. Yeah. So right. you know, I, I don't. I, I think that I, I understood her more in sort of snapping at Maya, but I think it was also the first time she did that because Danny just looks absolutely like what the oh, fuck are horrified. you doing? Yeah. yeah. He's just like shocked and appalled. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, she she might as well slapped her the way he he reacted.
1: Right. Well, and we I think you're right that this is likely the first time or maybe the first time that it's been this bad because mm-hmm. she absolutely spirals after this, right? Like, yeah. and she makes that oh, yeah. comparison to her mom as she's driving away. I never really realized how much Sheila will drive away from her fucking problems. Like, mm-hmm. you're you're both right that she will not talk to people about it because that would invite sort of like an emotional opening, right? She is mm-hmm. so content to get in that fucking car and just drive away.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, she left her dad's funeral. You know, and it feels like this is such a such a pattern for her that it doesn't even phase Danny anymore, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Like, oh, my wife just drove off into the night again. Okay, I guess I'll crash my right. couch.
2: And I think that's partly Danny, but partly just this is just something she does all the time, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah it's fascinating because I feel like I haven't seen like we we've called Sheila messy we've called her unlikable we've called her a bit of a bitch a number of times in our coverage of this show I feel like I've never truly understood that this is like how she fights and this is how she processes things like Mm -hmm. on the surface it seems really simple and yet the further we get into physical the more I'm coming to appreciate her as just like a messy human being who feels appropriately human
0: yeah yeah I, I you know she's not a nice person and i think in, in a lot of ways she's not necessarily a good person but she's not mm-hmm. an evil person either yeah you know, i think no. i think she is like just so damaged and and i i think that you know, she's she's showing a lot of the patterns of people who have who have survived a, a sexual assault, and mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that in that she cannot bear anybody getting close to her, whether whether physically or emotionally, and that you know and that comes down to because the people she should have been, you know, allowed to be the most physically and emotionally close to, which is her parents, just completely let her down in mm-hmm. in that. in in that regard so you know if if your own parents can't be there for you why should you expect anybody else to be and you know i honestly get that in my own personal life and experience i totally get that yeah same
3: Mm -hmm.
2: yeah and just her obsession i think this was the first episode where i really started to think about a lot of her issues as just these issues of control and just Mm -hmm. kind of obsession and when vinnie was talking about this food wheel and talking about getting control of your diet like for somebody like sheila that can really easily go into disordered eating and i think that's what we're seeing with this exercise obsession now like i can imagine how hard it is to just rest and it sounds like such a silly thing but like I'm sure her brain is just constantly spinning like gaining weight gaining weight gaining weight gaining weight you Mm -hmm. know I gotta exercise and I think it manifests in so many different ways of her life of this need to have complete control of everything around her. And even as much as like, she opens up to people and the people that she will let in. Like at one point she said to Greta, like, you're in my bedroom now. I think we're there, which was kind of a joke, but it's also like, I've allowed you this much control in my life. So this is the amount of like familiarity I'm going to give you, you know?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Well I love too that like really we're seeing some of these boundaries getting broken down particularly Mm -hmm. in the back half of this episode right so yeah I'd like to come back to Greta but thinking about her control with food I very much read this as so she knows she can't exercise because she she actually is hurting herself even though she tries to claim the doctor said nothing about upper body okay Mm -hmm. Sheila (laughs) yeah so of course she ends up saying okay well I'm going to go to my fallback which is the binging and purging that we saw from the opening so she goes back to the same hotel room but as we see because she hasn't been in contact with john bream he follows her and (sighs) i need to know what you both thought of this episode because it's so much more tender than i expected like i didn't actually think the two of them were gonna get to this stage
2: i know i was really touched by it yes i feel like it was gross when he called the house although that scene was hilarious and his yes. little fake accent was oh, so to, funny to <laughs> the christian beach boys i was like this is this is funny um i think this it revealed a lot about his insecurities but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just the way he handled that i thought when i first saw them hooking up i thought this is a relationship that's gonna be good for Sheila. And I think in this episode it was more of what I was hoping this relationship would be than it has right. been in the last two, you
0: know?
1: Yeah, because we were fully villainizing him last week and now right, here we he are. he was a
0: jerk last week. Yeah. I mean, I do I don't I still don't approve of the following her to yes. the, to the, oh, the no. hotel. That's no. not okay, mm-hmm. yes, for the record. Nope. <laughs> but yeah, I, I was a, I, I was genuinely startled by you know, his kind of just accepting what she's doing as you know without questioning it without being repulsed by it like if you recall the end of last season when Danny discovers her kind of binge he's just sort of like shocked and horrified yeah. and uh-huh. I mean I I, I understand you know, I think he, a lot of that was based in fear. Yeah. But right. but of course but of course Sheila viewed that as disgust. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that she's probably averse to to talking to him about that. But I don't think that, you know, other than you know, having sex that her and John Bream have ever really talked about their personal right? lives because that's no. not that's not what this relationship is for. Right. Uh, but I think, you know, I think she views him as maybe a safe person. Yeah. Which, mm-hmm. I don't know. That's I I wonder about that with the whole just him like sitting at home with Maya when she gets to the house. I'm like, Ooh. yeah. Yeah. But maybe she's, you know, she just is so desperate for someone to talk to who's not going to judge her, who's, mm-hmm. who's not going to react with, you know, oh, my God, what are you doing? Who's who's not going to be concerned to the point of trying to parent her yeah which which danny is doing a little bit again absolutely Mm well-intentioned but that's not what she wants she doesn't want to be fussed over right yeah well and i think this
2: really this episode was like he is just as damaged as she is you know and he is because in the last episode he was really trying to be this like domineering like Almost like just really uncomfortable, commanding presence. And Uh I feel like this was one of the first times we saw like who he actually is in a relationship. And I think he doesn't really know because he's so consumed with who he thinks he's supposed to be, you know. And this was a moment where both of them really just let themselves be human beings with each other. And it was really sweet.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. So I mentioned last week that I felt like what they were doing was role play. And that's why Mm. he was being so performative in his masculinity and his like aggressiveness. And Mm -hmm. it ended up becoming off-putting because it became like scary and weirdly threatening. Yeah. Here I feel like both of them have found each other in a very emotionally vulnerable moment. He thought that she was cheating on him. And she was unprepared for someone to be there. And the walls came down for both of them. And what we get is this really tender moment. And I think it's all the more affecting because of what we've seen them go through these last three episodes. Because we kind of thought we had their relationship figured out. And now it's changing.
0: Yeah. Well, the relationships are different but kind of parallel and yeah. that Danny and and John's wife both they 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 want to know how to save the marriage, but I don't know if they want to hear it. Right? You know yeah. what I mean? Like <laughs> it's like true. It's true. Yeah. or they or they or they want to be told exactly what they need to do to fix the marriage. Mm-hmm. You know? You know what I mean? And They don't want it to be too hard. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you know, they're both literally saying, "I tell me what you need. Tell me what I can do for you." Mm-hmm. And yeah. and without understanding that neither really know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I've said this before. I desperately wish marriage counselling had been a thing. At this
1: point. <laughs> oh God. Uh huh. <laughs> For over. so many
0: reasons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, although although of course John and his wife would end up going to like a Mormon marriage counselor uh-huh. because that's, I'm sure that's that's the only thing she would insist on it. And I don't know if you know bring a re- you know, you know, a religious person into marriage counselling is you know, particularly mm-hmm. helpful. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Well I think this this relationship and the ending of this episode, I was so moved mm-hmm. by it. Especially when I love yes. "Under Pressure." That's one of my favorite songs. So anytime oh. that's on, I, I'm a sucker.
1: Well, it's because when they use it, they know exactly what they're using it for. And this mm-hmm. was a perfect encapsulation of like how and why you would use that song.
2: Totally yes, and like when she gets home and the reveal that Danny has traced everything back on the whiteboard, that yeah. was when I started crying. I was like. Oh, because that's what she needed. That is something Mm -hmm. he did to support her that actually helped her and made her feel loved and supported. And you can see it on her face. And I think when I was watching the final moments of this episode, I was starting to just think about the show as a whole and like what it's saying about relationships. And I really think for me, the theme I'm getting is like nobody is Good or bad for you, nobody is all one thing. Maybe Jerry, mm-hmm.
0: but like it's. Really, <laughs> <laughs> it's really I, I don't I don't really I don't really want Jerry to come. Back. I, I,
1: <laughs> yeah, oh no! Yeah. I'm don't bring that energy you. back.
2: <laughs> no, but I think it's really just about Sheila making a choice for her own life, you know. And yeah. regardless of the good things or bad things that John Bream does, or the good things or bad things that Danny does, it's just what what does she actually want? And I don't think she knows how to do that yet, but I think she's learning to do it, you know? And even like what we were saying about Sheila, she's not good or bad either, you know? Mm-mm. I think this show is really challenging my tendency to want to put people in boxes and define them yeah. and say, this is this is who this person is. And nobody is that simple, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I love too that the end of the episode... In some ways, it could be considered so simple, right? It's Mm -hmm. oh no, Sheila's in the middle of a romantic triangle, she's realizing she has feelings for both of them. That would be such a misread, like a simplification of what she's going through. But I love that the show is able to communicate the fact that she is torn between these two men who have done something really kind for her in a moment of weakness simply by going between the whiteboard with Danny's notes and the fresh gauze that mm-hmm. John Bream has applied for her and you're just like fucking visual genius so uh-huh. simple so effective so fucking well done.
2: Oh no, it's given me chills just to talk about it. <laughs> yeah.
3: Mhm.
2: And and with the song, the combination of the songs yes. is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay, so Sheila also has another moment of vulnerability. Jen, you mentioned it when she lets Greta into her bedroom. It's a kind of role reversal to what we saw in the first episode when she was crashing with Greta. And we also learn that Greta has been spicing up her marriage by opening it up in this one. Mm -hmm. So what do we think of this?
0: I am very worried it seems like ernie wants to ask about wife swapping yeah and, uh-huh. and i'm like oh, yeah. I'm, I'm like don't don't do that right
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: i try to have a puritanical streak but i'm like if you got to do that don't do it with your people you do do you're already yeah just
1: don't swing with your friends
0: yeah that's mm-hmm. just like i mean that's why you just you know posted like singles ads or something yeah
2: you just put a pineapple in your grocery cart and you're good <laughs>
0: right because you know that relationship is not going to be the same after that no it's going to get it's going to get it's going to get real weird it'll be like a a dirty plate in your sex drawer
2: sink
1: right (laughs) i did love that of course greta would freak out about a cleanliness of her sex toys yeah
2: hey i would too to be fair sure (laughs) sorry carry on
1: I'm curious, Greta hints that she wants the veto power or the suggestion power for their next uh, encounter. Did you get the impression she's going to want to bring a dude in?
0: Yes. How do we think Ernie's going to react to that? Mm. Oh, he's
1: going to flip the fuck out. Yep. I don't think
0: he's going (laughs) to want that. And I I don't Uh -uh. know if I think Greta is on board
2: for this. Like, I get a real weird vibe about her wanting this kind of like in that first episode where sheila was going along with it to seem like the cool wife you know or like the
3: like Mm -mm. confident
2: you know i feel like greta got so much sexual empowerment in last season and she doesn't want to go back on that and so she's going along with these things that i mean and hey she could be into it and it's not like there's Mm -hmm. anything wrong with it like get yours you know but i just get this feeling that she feels weird about it you know
1: well Yeah, because she definitely looked like she was putting up a confident front with Ernie. But then when she has the chance, she spills the beans to Sheila immediately. And you're kind of like oh, I think she needs to unpack some of this. Like, she's not 100% comfortable with where they're going.
2: Yeah. I The read I thought she was going to ask about was, you know, last episode, I think it was last episode, where she was marveling at the smack, the bruise of the handprint on Sheila.
1: Right. I like, I wonder if mm-hmm. she's
2: going to want something like that. Maybe they'll be thinking of safe words or something.
1: Oh. Interesting yeah. that I just immediately was like, oh, she's going to do, like, a tit for tat <laughs> thing where, oh, we brought a woman in, and now we're going to bring a man in, and – Yeah. And there could be any number of things that she might be interested in introducing into their relationship.
2: Yeah. And I wonder if saying, "Okay, well, I want a a guy to come in this time could be kind of a figuring out what Ernie's real motivation is with a third person. Mm -hmm. Like, is this a bridge to cheating or is this you looking for someone else because I'm not satisfying you anymore? Or is this actually you're curious and you want to experiment, you know?
1: Yeah, because we we talked about the hair cutting fetish in season one, and we never really got confirmation if he was sleeping with those women or Mm. if he was just shaving them. Mm. And I feel like this could be opening the door to revisit some of that.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: So interestingly enough, this idea of swinging and bringing new people into a relationship also comes into play when I feel like the two of you must be so fucking delighted at this. Sheila realizes... that she has to call in bunny <gasps> yes i know i was <laughs> so happy yes
2: although and i mean good for bunny like i loved her like no start over start over start over start over bunny.
1: where's the apology bitch yeah. that's what i want from you
2: <laughs> and i mean come on sheila come on i just this feels like i always think about these like dangling plot threads that take forever to wrap up as like the dawson and mm-hmm. joey will they won't they you know like right. You know you're gonna end up working together, you know you need bunny. Just admit it to yourself. It's just mm-hmm. driving me nuts, but yeah, maybe this is the first step, although Tyler he could never totally mm-hmm. break my heart, but man, we saw a little Tyler's dark side here, a little bit of the uh
0: the the gnarly instead of the mondo, right but does he like does he really want to do that, or is he just you know kind of? desperate to keep hold on to bunny because I think so yeah she I was about to it. she was you know basically about out the door with mm-hmm. him
2: yeah yeah
1: oh see so that's funny because i just did like a surface level read where i thought oh you know of course tyler is driven after he sees an eloquent child being interviewed on tv and that's what you know triggers him to be like no we should blackmail we should be more aggressive <laughs> we should go after world <laughs> yeah mhm
2: Yeah. And I wonder how long he's known about this because it's been two weeks since they've done anything. So it's not like he just stumbled upon this information last night, you know.
1: Do we even know that he knew beforehand?
2: No, I don't. I'm still not totally sure what he knows, too. You know, although it's probably that she's having an affair, but maybe he Mm -hmm. was in the mall. Maybe that's what he saw.
1: Right. Because,
2: I mean, they did technically live there, I think, at the time.
1: Uh that's
0: true that's a good point
1: yeah he could have very easily seen them when they were first sort of initiating the affair and then whatever happened in between season one and season two before they started to go to the motel room Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, it was interesting because uh as soon as we saw bunny appear in sheila's bedroom and of course sheila tries to solve everything with money but they sort of get their shit figured out and i thought oh Jen and Gina are gonna be so happy and then of Mm. all people to torpedo it in comes Tyler and I just thought oh this is funny this is unexpected
2: but you know I I don't know because what I want is Sheila to realize I want Sheila to just fundamentally change this aspect of her relationship with Bunny so that's not a realistic want but I mean yeah, maybe this is what it's going to take for them to see that they are a really good team together, you know? I think maybe they're a good team. I don't know.
1: I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be disappointed if Tyler's plan to blackmail ends up meaning that we don't get to see Sheila having to kind of like trepidatiously work with Bunny because I feel like Mm -hmm. we have been promised that for a season and a half now, and I really Mm want to see it actually come out i want to see them explore it in some depth and detail so Mm -hmm. if this means that all of a sudden bunny just goes back and say no you know you can pay me lots of money because i know that you have it i'm just gonna be like Mm. motherfucker just do this do the thing you promised us
0: well Mm. i think i think that if sheila just pays them off then mm-hmm. basically, Bunny and Tyler's story has concluded. There's 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 really no reason to keep the characters on board because you know, why would they Why would they need to keep contacting her Why would she need to keep trying to bring Bunny back So I, I hopefully that they're not going to do that because if not, then Bunny's a completely wasted character. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm still not a hundred percent convinced that the show has ever really figured out how best to use Bunny and Tyler. I think they could do that and still keep Bunny around, because as we talked about last week, there's still some unresolved stuff with her family that could be explored. She could still be a rival to Sheila as she tries to mount her own business, but it feels like they started to go down that road in the first couple of episodes of the season, and then now they're like, no, that's not the interesting story to tell. Mm-hmm. People want to see these two have to work together.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it'd be, it'll be interesting because... Sheila is obviously a control freak and mm-hmm. Bunny does not like taking orders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. or, I, or I assume she doesn't. She does not seem like somebody who and also it's it's a it's a you know, it's a step down for her because you know she ran her own studio at one point. Mm-hmm. And, and and now she's, you know, basically second in command to you know, someone she doesn't like at this point right. and, and yeah. you know, that she's going to have to take direction and take orders from. Mm
1: -hmm. yeah and there's so much tension in the scene like so much dramatic conflict that I really want to see more of just in that brief Mm -hmm. interaction between the two of them and I'm like if the people who are making this show don't know that there is electricity there. I do not know what they are watching.
2: <laughs> I know. Come on. I've been asking for this since the first episode. Like everybody just be friends and do aerobics and it'll we'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want friendship.
1: I just want to see these two have to circle each other's orbit because well, I think they're true, yeah. they're fun when they're fighting.
2: Well, I wonder if Vinny could become a common enemy for them, you know, Uh. or like a rival, or if he has been through this kind of, I wonder if Vinny has a bunny, you know, or if Mm. Vinny is bunny to another partner in his studio. So I wonder Uh. how this, that's all going to come into play too, you know?
1: Right. Because we know for sure that we're going to have more Vinny as we Mm. go, but yeah, so there there's some potential there. Where do we think things are going to go as we hit the midway point with the next episode? I'm thinking the dangling plot thread this week was very much Sheila wants to move into television commercials or infomercials. So I right, think mm-hmm. that's going to become the sort of driving business priority for her.
2: Yeah. I think Danny's going to try to get her pregnant. I think that's oh, going, that's going to become his driving. Um,
0: I mean, are, are I they even are they even having sex at this point? I mean, every time you see them right? together, she's just giving blowjobs. I mean, I I don't. Mm-hmm. I think she you know they had that one scene in in season one and she'll absolutely repulse by it.
2: Uh huh. But she is having sex. Well, I mean, I guess we're assuming that she's going to keep having sex with John. Right. She goes pregnant there. Oh,
1: God. I do not want a pregnancy storyline on this show. No. Honestly, like, I want them to have said, yeah, the doctor said it. We addressed it in this episode, and she said no. Like, we shut that shit down. We don't need to discuss it again.
2: I do want to have a pregnancy story, but I want it to be that. I want it to be like, no, I don't want to do this, and it's my body, and
0: I can say that. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: Okay. Gina, what do you think?
0: You know what? I can't predict anymore because I was very surprised that her mother was not in this episode. And, and right. <laughs> so I I, I, I think obviously she's going to try to, you know, get into, get into Vinny's good graces for nothing mm-hmm. else and kind of get, you know, behind the scenes look at what he does and, and try to, you know, feel him out for his, his rise of success story
1: mm-hmm. because
0: you know, nobody's going to be upfront about that in their television show. Like, you know, who they had to no. step on, how they, you know, who they had to, you know, stab in the back to get there because it would ruin their image. But mm-hmm. I, I feel like that if she kind of gets to know him on a friendly level, he could be more honest about that. And right. you know, she, you know, is both taking notes and figuring out how she can step on him in the in the in her in her rise to fame. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Yeah. So maybe we'll see some whiting and dining then.
0: Okay, okay.
1: Um, well, we will find out next week. But until then, uh, Jen, if people want to get a hold of you, how would they do so?
2: You can find me at Jen Ferratu on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find me hosting the Losers Club podcast about Stephen King and all of his various things. And the psychoanalysis podcast, which is about mental health and harm. We actually did a body dysmorphia um, topic last year that has a lot of overlapping thoughts for the stuff that we talked about in this episode so if you want more of that check those episodes out
1: interesting do you remember what film you discussed for that?
2: We did Thinner which is Uh, not my favorite but it was a good conversation and then we did Black Swan
1: Uh, that's a better one yeah
2: yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah right right right. yeah the thinner one was a lot of like well this is not right Mm -hmm. and this This isn't
1: great
3: right it was
2: a good conversation starter i think there
1: you go but yeah so
2: listen to those black swan episodes those are good
1: excellent okay and gina how would people get a hold of you
0: I am a co-host of the Kill by Kill podcast, in which we talk about horror movies, uh, focusing on the characters. Uh, we also have a side project called Dish by Dish, in which we go over each episode of Hannibal. We are currently on season three, uh, and you can find me on Twitter under Gina Does Things.
1: All right. And if you're looking for a little bit more of me, I can be reached at B stole my remote, and that's the letter B. And a new episode of Horror Queers drops every Wednesday. Thank you, as always, to the Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad network. Keep an ear out. We're going to be dropping a new podcast. It's a limited series called Good for Her, which explores Ooh. horror films where, yes, women get their sweet, delightful revenge. So that's <laughs> going to be coming to the feed soon. But uh, until then... I'm going to say that the only thing that is harder than hurting is healing.
2: <laughs> oh, poor Danny. Man, he he and his slogans. Also, oh, never boy. put a dirty plate in your sex
1: sink. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. that's advice for the ages.
2: <laughs> right, exactly. I'm cross stitching it right now.
0: <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs>
3: scream pod squad